whether I mess this up or not, it's staying. There you go. Welcome back to the ADP Average Dudes Podcast with your host Tanner Ward and Matt Moore. And we got a great show for you today, our last one before we hit Labor Day weekend, the big weekend for drafts. We're going to be going over some news. Uh, we, it is cut day today while we're recording, so there could be news during or while we're podcasting. Uh, we're getting some pup news from some players already, so we're going to go over all of that for you. We're going to go over a couple of our drafts that we did this past weekend. We're going to throw out some late tips and strategies for drafts if, you're, if you are drafting on Labor Day weekend, and maybe a little bit of roster tips if you did draft last weekend, just throwing out some ideas that we like to use. And then we have a really fun segment to, uh, to wrap it up today, who we think are going to be the top three at each position for next year's draft season. So come around uh, to Labor Day 2022 who's going to be the top three off the board at each position, plus our dark horses, which I'm getting really uh, – I'm getting excited to go <laughs> over that part there. Um, but, Matt, before we jump into everything, I actually have two questions of Ooh, the day. A double barrel. Just in case we decided to record two episodes today, but we're just going to do the one. So I'm just going to throw them both at you. Okay. I will try to catch one in each hand. All right. Like Prime Odell Beckham. <laughs> Who led the Patriots – in receptions this preseason oh this is like an actual like factual question yeah who Without led looking the patriots it up, who is your guess for who led the well patriots in receptions i'm just gonna go with my heart here mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with simo alum christian wilkerson ding 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 hey! <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah so me and matt both alum from southeast missouri state glorious school in cape Girardeau, missouri and i mean probably the best football player to come out of there Ooh, um, is he? That's a well, good question. Because I mean, you've got actually, okay, top, like, top skill, top skill position skill to position. come out of there. Because in, uh, in like, Christian I would say Tanner. I don't want to just. I, I don't want to give us all the credit here. Mm-hmm. But in the time that me and you attended Southeast Missouri State, yeah, was like a real boom period for CMO yeah. players making rosters. Like, so you got NFL just off the top of my head. You had Mike Ford, a mm-hmm. corner for the Lions. At one point, he was starting. Because it's yep. so many cornerback injuries, he actually just got weighed by lines. <laughs> you don't, you don't have to add that part that he was starting because of injuries. Well, just say he was starting. He was starting a starting yes. corner for the Lions. Um, you had Christian Wilkerson. Yeah. You had Drew Forbes get drafted yep. by the Browns. I believe he's still there. I believe. I believe he's still there. He did sit out for COVID last year. Right. I don't know what his status is this year, but his rookie season, he was on the uh, designated to return off the IR, which I yes. believe you only have three people that, sounds that you right. can designate to return. So yeah, they like him there. You had Christian Wilkerson. Please play. Pick up basketball with him at the Rex. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He used to be on the SEMO men's basketball team his freshman year also. Really? Well, I yeah. I played him in football and basketball in high school. Not to oh, dive really? into that on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we That's were a couple years apart, but yeah. I'm trying to think, is that it for the football did side of thing? Say, I remember the, uh, did you say the hunter. Oh, yeah. Kendall Donnerson was with yeah. the Packers. Yeah. Um, and the Packers just cut another SEMO player this, was, this year. Yes. And there was a SEMO player that was just hanging on the Ravens practice squad, too. I can't remember what his name was. Could be. You want the second question? This is going to go into um, when we – this is going to get into a little bit later because we are going to review some of my rankings today, so we'll be talking about this a little bit more. But let's just go ahead and go over it. So on April 28th, this is the day before the NFL draft. Okay. What do you think James Robinson's ADP was? According to Fantasy Football Calculator, full full PPR. I'm going to go with, like, 
back end of round three. Try the front end of round front two. Oh, boy. He was at 202. He was Holy a swing cow. pick. He was a swing pick before the ETN draft. See, I was thinking, though, but I guess Najee Harris isn't part of that. Because I was thinking, like – That's a good point. Najee Harris wasn't – Yeah. He kind of – Najee kind of replaced Robinson, I think, in ADP. Yeah. Because like, even still, though, it was still the Jags. Like, it's still going to be a bad offense. You know, like, we didn't have that much hope for what Jackson was going to be, right. even if Robinson was still just the guy. So, Robinson is currently – his current ADP is 305. So, he's a mid right. What is different about Robinson's situation, about J Rob's situation before the ETN draft and right now? What is I different would, about the situation? Because he's a, a round and a half different, a full round, almost a round and a half different ADP. I can immediately think of three things. Okay, hit me. Um, Marvin Jones. Okay. So what, whether you think that that's good or bad, regardless, I think the Marvin Jones addition. I feel like having an extra things. receiver would help the running game. Right. Right. We knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be there. Yes, right. we knew about Trevor. So I'm not even counting Trevor. Right. Uh, but I think Marvin Jones, yes, opening things up. So I think that's actually a good thing for, yeah, like you said, I think that, especially because he's not a true alpha one, but he's a good guy to have. So it's not like he's taking all of the, you know, those touchdowns. Um, was Carlos Hyde there before the draft? That I don't know. I don't remember when he got okay. brought in, but we knew Urban Meyer was there, right? So we knew but the coaching staff. That's my third thing, though. We didn't know how stupid Urban Meyer was yet. Or at least we didn't. Well, it wasn't sure? quite so public on how stupid he was going to be. Like this summer, I, I never liked the hire to begin with. I didn't either. But this like, summer's made me feel even worse. Let's let's bring in a, a great college quarterback who's never coached in the NFL. I don't think he has, anyways, unless it was a long time think- ago. But he's been in college forever. Yeah, and let's pair him with a rookie quarterback on a bad roster. That just sounds like disaster to me. Yeah, but and, the and ro- like, they, but it was a one-win team last year with Gardner right. Minshew. Well, probably would have been a two or three-win team with Gardner Minshew. They had to bench him to secure the first overall spot. Good point. <laughs> but I mean, we we saw a disastrous roster last year, and that that wasn't Gardner Minshew slander, by the way. No. I, I'm a big fan oh, of his. That's, I was, yeah, that's what I mean. I agree with you. Gardner <laughs> Minshew's probably what raised him. James Robinson was ninth in points per game yeah. last year, um, according to FF Today. He was ninth in points per game last year. I like if the point, the whole point of this is basically if we were willing to take him at the beginning of the second round before the ETN draft, now that ETN's out for the year, and the, again, the roster is still not good. We already right. knew about, we already knew Urban Meyer was the head coach when we were taking him early second why would we wait a full round and a half later to take him now? Well, I think, first of all, even at that point in time, that's higher than I would have had him. So basically, we were just – he should have been in the early third to begin with. Give me uh, – fill for like 23 seconds for me. Okay. Um, he did end up going in my draft this past weekend. He did go in the second round. I thought that was too early for him. I was not expecting him to go that early at all. Um, but it seemed like all the backup running backs got overdrafted in that league, and we can go over that a little bit later. Did I fill enough time? I can't find it. I thought I had rankings going into the draft. I'm seeing I where – I don't believe I did. Where did – oh, Robinson finishes running back eight in total points, and he was running back nine in points per game. Basically, once you factor McCaffrey in on that in points per game, he drops a spot. 
Um, but I mean, he had a thousand yards, you know, on the ground last year. Oh, here we go. I have, I have February rankings. Let me see where I had him in February. Okay. He had almost fifteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns. Again, on on yeah, a bad in, team, he's not. In, he's in not February. really. He wasn't really supposed to be a pass catching back, and he caught what fifty nine passes yeah. last year. Yeah. Well, I think we just didn't know what he was going to be going in last year at all. I mean, I got to watch him at Illinois State, right? So I had like inside yeah. track, but that yeah. was it, you know. <laughs> right. He ran. He ran all over our alum Simo and knocked yeah. him out of the uh, the FCS playoffs. Um, I had him at running back fifteen in February. So it was one spot behind DeAndre Swift. Um, behind, okay. I look at these rankings. I just go, "What was I doing?" Because like Miles Sanders was above him. I don't feel like that should have been a thing. Um, Josh Jacobs was ahead of him also at that point in time because that was before Kenny and Drake. Right, and jo- um, so Josh, this is interesting too. Josh Jacobs was seventh in points per in yeah total points last year at running back. And Obviously, yeah. his situations changed drastically though. Yeah, I mean they traded away or got rid of most of his offensive line, brought in Kenyon Drake. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting, though, to look at that and be like, like I, said, I think for me it's part of he didn't belong at the front half of the second round to begin with. Like, I had him at RB15 in February. I currently have him at RB19. So I've only moved him down a hair from February, okay. um, which is definitely before uh, Carlos Hyde, and that's before Urban Meyer. Yeah, James Robinson is definitely someone I've flip-flopped a lot. You know, the old Michael yeah. Scott snip, snap, snip, snap. I, was, I liked him coming into the year, right? But I was a little scared because I was just like, you know, how, how many years in a row can a guy be good on a bad roster? Right. Right, because Joe Mixon led the AFC in rushing three years ago and then has, just hasn't been good since then. Some of that's been injuries up until last year, right? Fantasy-wise, he hasn't yeah. been very overly productive. So how good how good can a guy be for year after year on a bad roster? I think that was kind of a scary part about him. And then ETN gets drafted. I want nothing to do with him. And then I yep. started to come around on him to where I was like, okay, well, I like A.J. Dillon and Latavius Murray, which that one uh, is kind of flipped as well. But Jamal Williams there's a, and Gus Edwards, right? There's a lot of these backs who I think will be productive this year as like a 1A, 1B, you know, as the, as the RB2 on their team, but still be able to function and be good. So that kind of turned uh, James Robinson on me. And then when ETN goes down, I was like, all right, I'm back on the James Robinson train, mm-hmm. but how far is too far with him? So I thought it was very interesting to look at, well, where was he going before the draft and where is he going now to see whereas what was just as a consensus before ETN ever came around. And yeah, so he's dropped a little bit over an entire round. Like I said, this past weekend, I saw him go, um, he went early second. I wonder if I can pull the draft up in this league to find he, he out because he went, he went over, he got drafted over someone pretty good. Uh, let me, he, he went end, end of the third in uh, my main draft, right ahead of the next running backs off the board were Gus, Carson, Jacobs, and Sanders. There's a pretty good gap though between him and, and Joe Mixon, was the previous running back that was taken. Uh, which, he went at gosh, the, I can't believe Joe he Mixon went at the very three. end of round two in my league. Okay, that's that 12 teams. Last weekend. That's 12 teams, yeah. He got drafted ahead of David Montgomery. That really? was what it was. David Montgomery went early third. He went to the third pick of the third round. Yeah. And they took Jaden Robinson over him. Which wow. Actually, oh, no, it was not the same guy. I, it was one pick after. I um, actually missed it. J- DeMont was the last running back off the board before Robinson in my draft. Um, and I was really hoping for DeMont to be there for me at the last pick around three. Right. I was really hoping for that. When he got picked, I was kind of crushed. And we'll yep. get into that when we talk about our teams from the weekend. Yeah. 
Um, what was next on the docket? Oh, just some news and notes. Let's jump right oh, into it. Oh, yes. So we haven't recorded since Dobbins and the ETN injury, really. I think we kind of have already talked enough about the ETN. Yeah. Or, or the effect past the ETN injury. Um, does this affect what? Does this affect ETN's uh, status for you at all in Dynasty? I guess. I. It's tricky because I'm supposed to buy him. Well, if you're a if if you're a bad team that's looking for next year, I think it's not a bad idea to throw a. You know, if you've got a flex running back, I think because I mean I was the guy who had ETN. I got yeah. desperate, and then I tried trading Mike Williams for running backs. And then J.K. Dobbins goes down later in the week. I also had J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. So me and you ended up making a trade. Savon Ahmed for Mike Williams was a trade I ended up feeling I had to make. Yeah. Just because I needed a running back. So I think if you, if you're in Dynasty and a team that's competitive, drafted ETN, I think maybe throwing him a oh let's call it like if you're a bad team and you have Melvin Gordon, I guess there maybe a chance for you to get out of Melvin Gordon. Yeah. And if you're kind of if you're kind of in the middle ground, like if you haven't fully decided yet whether you want to go all in or, or sell, what if you, you know, and your roster's kind of like I said, middle of the order. What if you made offers and tried to go get Etn Dobbins and Acres this season? Sure, load up on next year with yeah. Him. And I was looking at my rankings too. Just a guy that popped out to me. If you have Kenyon Drake, and you felt bad about what happened with him going from Arizona to Vegas. I think Drake could still be, a, you know, maybe a flex option, maybe a, a high-end RB3 type of guy. But the ETN owner might need just a running back right now. So maybe yeah. try throwing Drake, who at this point is a low upside. The future yeah. looks cloudy and hazy. I think Drake for ETN is a good offer to make. Um, if you're listening to this and you're in our league, I don't think I would take that offer personally as ETN owner. But <laughs> I would definitely think about it, especially before I made the Aquaman trade, because at least now I've got something. But if, I threw you, if I threw a – pick at you let's say it's a second early second and like yeah. a james connor yeah an early if it's gonna be an early second i think i'd consider that so you would need like um, a let's say 12 team league you would need a top 16 pick 16 rookie pick and an rb2 for this year i think that's probably about the right price um I think it also just depends on what else your situation is, though. It could be ETN owner. Like, if you're the ETN owner and you didn't like your running back depth, I think that that's something you consider more heavily. Gotcha. Um, um, for example, if you're only running backs on your bench are, you know, Gus and Ahmed and Toby Jones and Tyson Williams, then maybe you're a little more desperate than some other people would be. So with Tyson Williams being brought up there on the ETN side of the, or on the uh, Dobbins side of things, right? I think everyone needs to be aware Dobbins was going to be in a timeshare right this year. Like I, I think it happens a lot whenever a running back goes down, the replacement gets overvalued, right? Yep. You should really only expect in most cases, not every case, but in most cases kind of expect about 80% of that back's production is what you're hoping for, yeah. right? Gus does not just replaced. become J.K. Dobbins. Right. Well, and it kind of goes across the board, right? When McCaffrey goes down, you didn't expect Mike Davis to be McCaffrey, right? Let's hope he gets 80% of that production, and, right? And for a few games he was, but I think one I'd thing that about tends the to also happen. three or so he was, yeah. Yeah, but one thing that also tends to happen a lot of times is that you see, like, a few games of it, and then a few mm -hmm. games just nothing. 
Yeah. You know? So, I mean, Gus was going to be involved in the offense regardless. Um, with Dobbins out, Gus kind of takes the Dobbins role. Now, who takes the Gus role? Because there's still a Gus Edwards role, right? Probably going to be uh, Tyson Williams. Yeah. Looks like he's uh, he's yeah. staying over. So, you know, all the Justice Hill bids. I, uh, um, but he, I think Hill's still going to get used as well. Um, but I just don't know how much. As yeah, a I, fan of the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> I am so over Justice Hill. Like, he just doesn't do anything. He, he's great on Madden. He's fast. That's fun. <laughs> him and Bryce but Love, like, you can definitely, like, yeah. have a good time with those two. But, like, I, just for two years now of Justice Hill, he doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Um, Tyson Williams, I just rewatched all the Ravens preseason. And he was running before this injury. He was kind of running alongside um, – Oh, gosh, what was the other running back's name? Number 18. I don't remember what his name was. I didn't really care. But you could pretty clearly tell which one was touching the football. Williams just looked like he didn't belong playing with the third stringers. Like, he looked really good. Like, you know how, you know, I mean, because Gus did it this past week against the the Washington football team where every time Gus had the ball, you could tell he was running against players below him, right? Because Washington was playing their second stringers. When Williams was touching the ball against the Washington third stringers, you could tell that Williams didn't belong playing with those guys. He should have been playing against the second stringers. So that gave me a little bit of hope for Tyson Williams. I think he's the guy to go get for Baltimore. I had to kind of hold my hand back when I was texting you about the, uh, about this uh, over the weekend. I had to kind of not – I had kind of had to say, like, a Ravens running back because <laughs> I had a feeling you weren't going to be onto the stench the way I was for Tyson Williams. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I – I don't expect him to be full Gus. I think it's more likely he is full Gus than is Gus is full Dobbins, though. Because it's not like Gus had this big prospect pedigree. He was basically Tyson Williams of, you know, three years ago. So I think what your expectations were for Gus, there's a chance for Tyson Williams. Because it's such a friendly scheme. It's such a run-centric offense. Like, there's a chance for Tyson Williams to be what you thought Gus would be. And there's a I don't think much of a chance for Gus to be what Dobbins is going to be. Where did Gus go in your drafts this weekend? I think he's an interesting player to kind of take the temperature of. So I think he went in the fourth. Let me look. He went in the fourth in my office. He went second pick of round four. In front of Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, I can't do that. In front of DeAndre Swift, I definitely couldn't do that. Where did, like, oh, I thought he, he went, went a little too early. He went in front of Daryl Henderson. So I think he went, that's he decent, went at 410. Though. See, I think those two are close, but I'd rather have Henderson myself. Especially in PPR league. Because yes. Gus, we should mention that too with Gus. Um, Gus, there's zero catch. Like, literally, went, might be 10 catches. He went one pick after Miles Sanders. And that was really it for running backs. So, DeAndre Swift went the first pick of the fourth round, and then at the very end of the fourth was Sanders, Gus, and Daryl. So I've actually got Gus ranked one spot ahead, Daryl Henderson. I don't hate where he went, honestly. Um, I, pick? I ended up picking the front of the fourth round is why I ended up not getting, I, I, I had to hope that he was going to make it. I was hoping one of Gus or Daryl was going to make it to me at the end of the fifth, right? where they, one of them is falling in a lot of mock drafts right now. Cause obviously ADP mock draft ADPs have a hard time catching up to how people are actually going to draft right after an, right after an injury. And I was getting yeah. one of like J-Rob, Gus, Daryl Henderson. I was getting at least one of those every mock, and I never had the chance to get them at the value I thought that I liked, essentially. Right? I ended up taking CeeDee Lamb in the fourth round um, because I was getting so much late running back mm-hmm. value in all my mocks. I was like, I need, 
I might as well stack two pretty good receivers with two of my first four picks and then just let that running back value flow. Yeah. What ended I, up happening the, with this league? Plan. What ended up happening with this league is so I don't really know many of the guys in this league. I've been in it for about four years. I only know one of the guys, it's his home league. Um, and then I think it was one or two years ago was his wedding, and I got to meet some of the other guys. Hey. Only time I've ever talked to any of them in person. Um, but this was this was a reset year in this league. So this has always been a three three man keeper, and every keeper is just your first three round picks, right? Yeah, I, I hate that. I do too. But if you don't keep anyone, you get that draft slot still. Right. So, but I always had Devontae and Julio, and I was always keeping them. And then I would end up keeping someone in the third because after I would mock it out, mm-hmm. the value there they would have ended up going, you know, with, with one of the the picks in the keeper rounds. This is our first reset year, so this is the first time I really get to see how everyone drafts with mm-hmm. a full slate of players. This league is drafted like a non like non PPR. Like running backs are heavily coveted. They draft like it's non PPR, even though it's full PPR. Sixteen of the first twenty four picks were running backs. Wow. So it like so I, only four players in the first two rounds were not running backs. Every mock I did, I was getting all this running back value, right? So I was like, I need to make sure that I take two high-end receivers because I wasn't getting any receiver depth in mock drafts. So I, just I, a quick quick nugget on that. Yes. Um, in my non-PPR draft, there were still shoot, I just did the math. Was it 10 non-running backs taken in the first 24 picks? And that was a non-PPR. Right. So that's very heavy running backs in non-PPR. Or, you know, and that's in a PPR league you did it in. Right. Um, it was, correction, what is 6 minus 24? 18. Okay, so there were 18 running backs taken. Right? <laughs> yeah. So there were six non-running backs taken in the first two rounds. Yeah. Wow. It was Kelsey, Mahomes, Kelsey, Devontae, Tyreek, and Mahomes all went in the first. <laughs> Mahomes is always the top pick in this draft. Oh, I missed Diggs. Diggs, DK, Ridley, and D Hop. So seven. Eight. Oh, okay. Eight. It, so Eight. it was 16. It was 16. Okay. I had it right. I did the math right the first time. So 16 of 24 were running backs in this draft. Wow. Yeah. Versus, so. yeah, in my league, it was 14 of the first 24 were running backs. And this one is an actual non-PPR league. Now, mine yep. is 10 teams, so maybe that influenced a little bit of that, where it's like, hey, I'll take the tight end here because they'll come back around and I can get right. running back. But either way, still, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, before we get into the drafts, so let's just finish up news and notes real quick. Yes. So, Cam gets cut today. That was yep. announced this morning. That was the first big breaking news of cut day. Mac Jones is officially the starter. Pretty much, I think every every skill position gets bumped up for the Patriots, right? Yeah, uh, I think I've said it all summer. That I think whoever the running back is when Mac Jones is quarterback is a real value. So I moved Damian Harris up a couple spots. I moved him up to twenty one. Um, in hindsight, I really wish I would have pulled the trigger on him in one draft this weekend. Yeah. But I would I just, now t- I would now take him over the Mike Davis Miles Gaskin duo. Damian Harris. Yeah. yeah in non PPR. I, I just hopped on um, Twitter to see who is trending to see if any other big names have gotten cut since we've been on air. James White and Damian Harris are twin are trending. <laughs> Everyone's tweeting about their impact. Now that Mac Jones is, is the uh, quarterback. J- James and Harris, also James White becomes interesting now. James as a White. PPR, yeah. Or, I wanted, did I just say James Harris? You did. <laughs> see, I wanted nothing to do with James White. Why came right. there now that 
Mac Jones is there, great value in PPR. Yeah. Matt Ryan is also tweeting or is also trending because Cam Newton got cut and everyone wants the, the people are blowing up Twitter wanting people, the Falcons okay, to sign. Do Cam people Newton. still think Cam Newton's good? <laughs> well, so I, I briefly read the comments and you know, I, I clicked on the trend and it was all the trends like now are basically everyone's just crapping on the people who are saying they should sign cam newton so it's already flipped that's how fast twitter moves like well because okay so a little over a year ago when he signed with the patriots and everybody was like oh my god they yeah, the let patriots Belichick are back do it <laughs> i was the guy who was like guys there's a reason that cam newton has not been signed he's not good at, like especially when you play as physically dominant as he did when your body wears down you're not the same ever again um so no last year i was very low on cam newton. i think i had him ranked as qb 25 or something going into last <laughs> season and he threw four passing touchdowns i think i'm a little bit justified in that ranking but uh, uh i think remember, cam newton kind of sucks he might sign with dallas he'll be a backup i'm yeah. not he's gonna go back up somewhere he's not gonna his he just yeah he's not going to be a passing like he can't be a passing quarterback anymore and he really right? can't be that good of a rushing quarterback either who's anymore. who's better at passing these days Taysom hill or cam newton like, who would you rather have run your offense right now? Oh, Taysom Hill, I think. Yeah. I think that's where Cam's at. And, like, even his rushing, like, he got the touchdowns last year. Yeah, he's a good but, goal line threat. <laughs> oh, sure. And that's why I thought there was a chance the Patriots keep him around Yeah, is just for goal line stuff. But, like, even, like, the yardage, I mean, it was just under 600, which isn't, you know, for, for most quarterbacks, that's really good. But for Cam, it was just kind of an uninspiring rushing even like 12 touchdowns is insane right the goal line package was good but you have to get there do you remember those four weeks last year that travis fulgham took the uh, world by storm yes and everyone gave the packers crap for cutting them because they never have a wide receiver too yeah i didn't know i didn't, and then, I don't remember it, Packers getting crap though i didn't know he was even there oh i saw it all yeah they they cut oh, him last year he, he got cut he was one of the he, he was a cut day yeah um from last year yeah. He got cut by the Eagles today. <laughs> that was fun, though. That was a good time with Travis Fulgham. But there's a lot of fab that was used up in, on, on Travis Fulgham for those four weeks. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> I spent some fab on Travis uh, Fulgham and really never had, even, even had to play him in that league that I got him in. <laughs> um, so Michael Thomas officially goes on the pup. So I don't know if this is th- – I feel like this is almost good news because now we have more of a timetable for him. Because before it was right, it was out to the open. I mean, you know, eight plus weeks, whatever it might be. Now that he's been put on the pup, we're talking six weeks. Um, I think their buy is week. They have an earlier. I think it's week buy, eight, right? buy, isn't it? When is the? Do you know when the deadline is uh, to be activated from the pup? That part I don't know. Are you saying he may stay longer on it? So, okay, um, players on the PUP list must be inactive for the first six weeks. They then have a five-week window okay. in which to allow that player to begin practice. Once he's practicing, and the team then has three weeks to activate him or waive him. Or and, it has to be, and it has to be six games on the PUP. Yeah, so he has to weeks. be – okay, well, he has to be – okay, the thing I'm seeing is six weeks, but – Their buy is week seven. Okay, so – for sure, he's out weeks one no, through six. No, their buy is week six. Their buy okay. is week six. So he would have to miss the week seven game. Week seven game. So that at would which put him point, back. That would put him back at home versus Tampa Bay week eight. That would be his first eligible game to play. I think this is bad news because the other option they had 
was to keep him on the 53-man roster for literally one day and then put him on short-term IR where he can be reactivated by week four. Um, so I think this does make it more solid later, right? Like if it was IR, there's a chance at week four. There's a chance for weeks four through, you know, seven. Uh, versus now it's like week seven is the earliest it is possible. Yeah. It's um, it's not good news because obviously he's going to be out till at least week eight, right? He's going to miss almost half right. the season. But it's kind of good news because now we at least at least we kind of have a timetable for Sure, because the other thing that could have happened if they did the short-term IR is you draft him with the idea of, well, maybe it's week four through seven now. Yeah. And then it ends up being week nine anyway, and you draft yep. him around earlier. Yep. Um, so David Bakhtiari also on the pup list. So there were yeah. there were talks of when is he going to come back. There was talks maybe he even playing week one. Now he's on the pup. So just you know, keep in mind the Packers will be down their left tackle beginning of the year. Now last year what we saw from him, I mean Billy Turner, Rick Wagner, they kind of took over at left and right tackle and did an outstanding job for just about every game. Like they outplayed themselves. And then we saw what happened when they run into a good pass rush in Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay took full advantage in the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl of teams playing with, you know, replacement level tackles. Mm -hmm. So I think just something to keep in mind there where they're going, what they're going to do on the offensive side. Now, their offensive line is actually really deep this year. It's, I think it's very exciting. They did sign Dennis Kelly this offseason. Maybe he slots himself in at right tackle and that lets them move, you know, It'll be interesting to see who starts at left tackle for the Packers, but I think it is uh, worth noting that they will be down their best offensive lineman. Now, they did move Elton Jenkins all over the place. Um, during training camp, he played a little left tackle. Obviously, he's a left guard. Uh, he played some center last year. He was very good at it. Played some center a little bit um, during training camp, but it looks like the rookie Josh Myers will be taken over at center. So I think the fact that Myers, the rookie, is actually going to be able to play center, I think that – and possibly with Dennis Kelly taking over right tackle. Again, I don't know that. I'm just speculating. I think that gives the Packers a lot of flexibility on who they're going to play. I think they're going to be okay, but it is something to keep in mind if they are playing a really good pass rush. Sorry, I was just looking up Tariq Cohen's status. And yeah. What... Uh, the last news and notes I have while you look uh... that up is, uh, so, you know, Brian Flores hasn't really said which way he stands on Deshaun Watson because there's been a lot of speculation about Deshaun Watson going to the Dolphins. The Dolphins owner, there was a report today, the Dolphins owner does really want Deshaun Watson. So, Yeah, and that's a big old mess too. To me, it just sounds like we're going to keep hearing rumors for a while. Yeah, probably. Um, But, I mean, you you don't have any shares of Tua in Dynasty, do you? I don't. I I don't either. I I would like one. Uh, I would I would I've say it's just been the last one. it's been the last couple of weeks I've kind of came around on Tua. Sure, I finally <laughs> I've, convinced you. Yeah, I've been very anti Tua. Well, it's more of just what they have there, like what their offense yeah. is designed for. Which that's, I pointed out. That's what gets me excited you. about Tua. No, I think Matt, the you, best you thing you that always, can happen. You always get the credit for swinging me one way or the other. Well, because when it's things that I did the swinging on, I think I deserve the credit. You and you like, get it. You get okay. you get your credit here on the podcast, right? Okay. You saw um, me on most think, of the, the uh, Washington football team's offense. Except for Terry McLaurin. We still love him. Still love him. <laughs> um, but you've definitely lowered my expectations on Logan Thomas. I don't know. It's not like I was over the moon for Logan Thomas. Right. But Gibson's you definitely tempered one. those. Gibson, uh, but no, Tua, though, I think the best thing that can happen for the Dolphins rumors, Tua go play well. Like, if Tua plays well in weeks one through three – I think the Sean Watson trade rumors go away, right? Like, I I feel like that's the case. 
I hope that happens. Um, I'm, I'm for, rooting for, for Tariq Cohen, by the way, because uh, yeah. he, he was already on the pup, so I was curious what his rules are. I can't find them anywhere, so. Okay. Perfect. I don't know. So hopefully he just does. I mean, hopefully his knee heals and he's an okay human being. But for David <laughs> Montgomery catching passes, I hope he's okay. I, I kind of hope it lasts a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, for David Montgomery's sake, I don't really want Tariq Cohen to impact right. him. Right. Exactly. So, um, what do I, okay. Sorry. I had a tab open. I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm looking for your, there it is. I was looking for your team. Oh, my team. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so yes, yes. Why don't we go ahead and dive into that? Okay. Um, so if you, if you kind of want to break a little bit of that down and fill about 30 seconds here. Okay. Um, yeah. I can definitely feel more than just 30 seconds. So the kingdom of fumble yeah. Ruskies, we had the 10th pick in a 10 team non PPR draft. Um, pretty much every mock I was doing, I was doing RBRB rounds one and two, and then an RB and either a wide receiver or Waller at the three, four. And we get to the end of round one and Travis Kelsey is still on the board. So I say, give me Travis Kelsey, give me the top tight end there. And I'll get that positional advantage because I didn't have total faith in Waller falling to the end of round three. So give me him there and then give me Jonathan Taylor around that to start of round two. So that's exciting. Well, then pretty much every running back that I like went off the board between my second and third round picks. Uh, Joe Mixon fell to the start of round three. Uh, David Montgomery is the one that I had my eye on the most. He was gone though. So Rather than taking Gus or Carson or Jacobs or Sanders, who I don't really like any of those guys this year all that much, and those are the next four running backs off the board, I double dip at run at wide receiver with Justin Jefferson and Keenan Allen. So now my lineup is Taylor, Kelsey, Allen, and Jefferson. This is a double flex, by the way, also. So we get back around to my swing picks at the 5-6 turn, and again, I didn't really like those – Next four running backs came off the board. Then DeAndre Swift went off the board. And maybe I should have done him instead of Keenan. Uh, hindsight being what it is, maybe I should have made that swap. But then we get to the end of the fifth, start of the sixth. And the top running backs on the board are Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt, uh, Daryl Henderson, kind of you know, that group. Damian Harris is still on the board. And I don't feel that comfortable with it. And, again, it's a double flex. Even though it's non-PPR, it is a double flex. So I double dip wide out for the second time in a row. And I go with Ayuk and T Higgins. Uh, I like both those two guys as real breakout potential guys. So I'm in my mind, it was better for me to take the upside of wide out than it was to take a running back to, I think might be a bust. Um, that was just kind of my approach to it. And then round seven, eight comes around and Miles Gaskin had just gone off the board. Damian Harris had just gone off the board. Daryl Henderson just went off the board. But Javante Williams was still on the board at the end of the seventh. So I took, I took Javante Williams to be my number two running back. Which You went back-to-back Broncos there. Yeah, I did. Because then Jerry Judy, which I was real surprised and excited to still see him on the board at the 7 eight turn. The next, the next set of swing picks were also Broncos. Oh, they sure were. Yeah, how about that? I per, well, I picked before that set, so I yes. much prefer mine. Uh, but, yeah, the, <laughs> straight out of Clemson went with Fant and Melv. How about that? Um, the, the other guy I was considering, and Tanner, I want you to take a little bit on this. So, if you're sitting there round seven, you still need an RB2. 
Like yes. you've only got Jonathan Taylor. Right. Would you have done the high upside pick with Javante or would you have done Raheem Mostert? So every I've came across this scenario several times doing mock drafts. Because I feel like a lot of the mock drafts I did on sleeper preparing for other leagues, I was in this scenario where I was receiver heavy early because that's just mm-hmm. kind of how the draft fell. Yeah, because every I, time I, I was like, yeah. do I take a running back I don't like or a receiver I do like? And in that scenario, I found myself taking a lot of Javante Williams. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have done the same thing because I think Javante can be a league winner. He uh-huh. may be a slow start. You need to game plan for probably the first month of the season to not have him or not have him be very right. effective. But I like taking Javante Williams as my RB2 in the draft, knowing that I'm going to have to take a lot of guys. Because, again, injuries – we've already seen a lot of the injuries oh, yeah. happen, right? But in one of my leagues – um, where I got Gus Edwards with one of my last like three picks, you know, three weeks ago. And now he's going to be my starting RB2 because, you know, I also had plans for David Johnson, Michael Carter in that league. And, you know, that's how things kind of work themselves out. So, you know, I think, it, yeah. I think it was Smothers I was talking to about that. He was very cross about you having Gus. <laughs> I also, uh, <laughs> he's, he's the Bronco fan that I also like kind of. <laughs> you know sniped some broncos from him just to uh just to upset him <laughs> took, but, uh, took the second defense just to uh just to take the broncos right one spot in front of him and then two rounds later i end up taking gus edwards <laughs> things are breaking well for you <laughs> yes well we'll um, see how it actually i i do out, have but... another question for you with that so i went jerry judy then round eight love it. even though well but here's the thing though so it's it's double flex mm-hmm. but it is non-ppr and I've okay. already got Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, yeah. T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk. You're at the point where it's best player available. I agree. There's not another running back that even went in the next round that would have right. made a difference there. Actually, the only running back that went, well, the two Tampa Bay guys went. Yeah. I'd much rather have Judy there because, again, yep. I would rather have the better bench play or the better – I'd rather have the better player for depth on my bench at this point in the season – then have to take a guy who, you know, I'm hoping gets me, you right. know, enough points to justify being an RB2. Pairing so, Melvin Gordon would have probably been the other option, right? That would have probably been the other, only other option is going back-to-back Broncos running backs right. over the Broncos receiver. But, I mean, I feel like you're kind of in the same boat as I am where we both kind of really gotten high on Jerry Judy lately. I couldn't believe he was still there. At the that's, round eight. that's it. you got to take him there. Because yeah. what if what if Melvin Gordon ends up only being around for the first month and Javante takes over? Yeah, you know, and, and that's kind of a theme with a lot of my team here yeah. at this league is I've got so much upside. I have a yeah. lot of falling up flat on my face potential because a lot of young guys here. Now, but, you you did take. Well, I'll just let you go ahead and get into it, but we'll we'll see what the rest of your running backs shape out to be and see if it was worth it. But it looks so, like you took a lot of rookies. Yeah, well, literally all the rookies except for the best one are on my team. So you got yeah. Trey Sermon at the end of round nine. And again, though, I'm looking at the other running backs on the board. None of the other ones had – like, I don't really know if any of these other ones had true RB2 potential even at this point. Like, just RB2 potential. Because the next running backs off the board are Sony Michelle, Zach Moss, James Conner. Um, I'm not real interested in those guys. Right. Rather, so, rather have the upside play absolutely and then with Tannehill if if you're taking if you're taking a running back just because there's not a lot left and you feel like you're in need of a running back 
over the upside play at a different position, you're losing out. Like yes. that's that's not how you win leagues. That's so, how you that's Sermon, how you can make the playoffs. Right. But that's not how you win leagues by being like, oh, I need an RB2, who's the Kenyan best running Drake. back available. You take a Kenyon Drake or right. a Zach Moss or you know, for Sermon's kind of the best of both worlds, though, where Sermon's got the upside also. Oh, hell yeah. You know, that's why I really like that yeah. pick, right? Like you have Javante, Sermon, and Michael Carter as your RB2, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, around 11, I take Michael <laughs> Carter. <laughs> At this point, it became a meme, right? Right. Like, <laughs> right. But now here's what really saves you. I don't know. I don't want to get you too far off track, but your round 14 pick, I think, really yes. saves your running back room. Devin Singletary, because yeah. now I've got a starter for week one. Yeah. It's not the ideal starter. And you don't you have, love it. You have my favorite to win the Buffalo backfield if Mine anyone's too. going to win it, right? And yeah. there's a Mine chance too. no one does win it. Right. But Buffalo and Denver could have the same scenario with Denver probably having a better fantasy impact with yeah. their split. But I feel like you took the two guys who, in those situations, have the best chance at being the best for fantasy. Yeah. Um, I do have a question for you because I was yeah. really struggling around 12. Where I took Jalen Waddle, so I had just taken Michael Carter. Yeah, the number with my round eleven pick. I wanted to take Corey Davis. I and really did, Waddle. but I just I was like I can't take back to back Jets, even though well, it's round eleven, round twelve. Who has the highest floor there? I know, well, right, it's the same Waddle deal, does, right? Because I feel like the highest floor in New York is Elijah Moore. Now, Corey oh, I Davis, still disagree. Corey Davis has looked great with. I'm not saying Elijah Moore is going to be the wide receiver one this year. Corey Davis has looked great with Zach Wilson. Right. And there's a chance Corey Davis could be a good wide receiver, you know, three high end, I, low end wide receiver two this year with the Jets. But if we're talking absolute highest ceiling, oh, in yeah. New York, it's Elijah Moore, right? Yeah. I will who, say, I made this comparison the, on the Zoom call with the draft. I think there's a chance of Corey Davis being the Pierre Garcon in this offense to what Garcon was in Washington. Yeah. Uh, before Deshaun Jackson got there, I think that's potentially there. Yeah. But I agree though. I think I made the right pick going Waddle. Yeah. Because Waddle, um, again, he has the highest upside. Yeah. I mean, Waddle, he, he has a lower floor than Corey Davis. But again, is it worth taking he's another your, wide receiver? He's there? your wide receiver. What? Six at that point. Yeah. Cause I've got my four studs. That I took in rounds two through Six? So you can end up playing four wide receivers. Yes, because it's a double flex. But again, keep in mind, though, it is non-PPR. So ideally, you've got a third running back in there. Ideally, but when one league zigs, you've got a zag. Yes, and that was kind of – and look, if those upsides hit on Judy and, and Waddle, you know, or Higgins and – I mean, only, only one of them has to hit. Yeah. Uh, but then round 13, I want to get your take on this. So I've got Kelsey from round one. And we're going to get into the kind of do's and don'ts of drafting. And the Pigskin Warriors, Brandon Katka, he did one of the do's of drafting. And he looked – so he's at the, the ninth overall pick. I've got 10th. Mm -hmm. At round 13, he doesn't have a tight end. He checks my team. And he goes, oh, Matt's got Travis Kelsey. He's not going to take Dallas Goddard. So right. he took the Patriots defense. And we talked about this right after. So that's how I know that this was his thought process. Um. He had no expectation that I would take Goddard in round 13. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't think I was going to take Dallas Goddard in round 13 because Jamal Williams got taken two spots ahead of me. Right. I was probably going to go Jamal Williams and, again, to try to get a second Band-Aid to lay down uh, to get me to my rookies. 
But then Goddard being there round 13, if Zach Ertz gets traded or cut today, if Goddard just turns out to be better than I'm expecting him at this point, in round 13, I can do Dallas Goddard. It is my second tight end, though, because I've got Kelsey. So how do you feel about that? See, I'm the guy – I have no problem having two of the positions that I normally don't invest a lot in. Even if you've got Kelsey? Yeah. Okay. I don't care who it is. Yeah. I'm okay. Again, if I took Lamar or Kyler, if there's an insane quarterback value at the very end of the draft, I'm okay taking that guy. Sure. Nathan – I know Nathan got Kyler and they took Joe Burrow the same round that I took Dallas Goddard. Yeah. I, what I don't like to do is if I already have Kelsey, I take Goddard at his normal ADP. Right. Right. That I wouldn't want to do. But in round 13, plus pick you have one, the swing picks, pick and one, you still got Singletary, right? Pick 130, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Um, especially, again, it is a double flex. So if you end up with the tight end five, he might be flexible for you as you go through bye weeks and – you know, yeah. obviously COVID's still an issue. You don't know how outbreaks could look there. But, you know, you have a couple Broncos. There's a chance there's an outbreak in, for Denver, sure. and you're struggling to don't. find a flex, and you're playing two tight ends that week. Or they just have all their quarterbacks have to sit out yeah. again. We've seen I don't that. want to play any of them. We've seen that last year, right? <laughs> he got cut, by the way. Oh, uh, Hitton did? Hitton did, yeah. Oh, well, they um, should put him on the practice squad just in case. Yeah, but the, you know, the Pigskin Warriors there, I think they end up being fine because, again, yeah. they did they did the right thing. They, looked they did at, the right thing. They looked at, you had Kelsey, I can wait till the swing picks are done to take my tight end. But I think he came out fine because he got Tyler Higby, which I know you're not a big fan of, but I like Higby. Well, round 14, so, you're at the trash can tight ends. So yeah. I'm fine with Higby as a trash can tight end. Like, at this point, all the – yo, no one I'm, reached yeah. for Gronk in round nine, See, I, right? I like, that's where – Right. I, w- I would have looked at that and been like, cool. I, I know I'm getting one of – like, I like Goddard and I like Higby. I know I'm getting one of those that I like because you're not going to take both of them. So If you do – and I do have a bit of a separation between Goddard and all the tight ends left on the board at this point because the next round there was Gronk, Higby, and Janu. I think I would have considered – especially because he took the Patriots defense – in round 13, I think mm-hmm. maybe I would have taken Goddard just because of the value being there. Maybe I wouldn't have taken the risk. Also, if he knows me, he knows that, like, I'm not the kind of owner to, t- to reach for that defense in round 13. Right. You know, but, uh, yeah, so then we get to round 15. I do take my defense. I take the Browns. Uh, nice. Then round 16, Ramondre Stevenson. Great so, pick. I get yet another, for your, you know. For this team, that's a great pick. Yeah. Uh, it's another one of my bit little sweet little baby running backs. You know, he'll grow <laughs> up and blossom into a nice little Damian Harris, the Garrett Blount type. Uh, but then round 17, I think the Panthers defense, that's purely a week one move. Uh, the Browns have the Chiefs. The Panthers have the Jets. Uh, and then I doubled down on the Panthers being against the Jets, and I drafted their kicker. So, yeah. Because Joey Sly is, is gone. They straight up cut Joey Sly. So, I, did, I missed that one. It's this Ryan Santoso fellow. Wow. I was a I don't big even Joey know. I was a big sly guy. It's the um, first time in my life I've ever drafted a player in fantasy football that I did not know who they were. <laughs> but I saw the news nugget that they cut sly and Santoso won the job. Wow. So for the first time I drafted I, a player I don't even know. I honestly I probably would end up drafting Sly this year if I had I know. to draft a kicker. That's probably why he got cut because I thought about drafting him at one point. Um, but we all know I don't draft kickers. O- overall, what are your quick thoughts on my team? Do you have anything? I, I like it. It's a fun team. Um, your wider or your running back two is going to be fun this year. Um, so, and it's non PPR, so that kind of hurts your chances of just being able to pick up a, you know, this year's like McKissick or whatever right. that might be somewhere. 
Um, I did get Chuba but, Hubbard off of waivers. Um, I put Tannehill on the IR because he's got the COVID. Yeah, there you go. So I, I do also have Chuba Hubbard for the preseason. I but, would I would drop your kicker and because oh, no one's going to pick up Santoso. It's a good point. I would take, drop your kicker, another, grab another running back, yeah. and then uh, just hold on to him for the week. Uh, that's actually one of the tips I'm going to get into later. Yes, is that is always a good move. I do not pick up my kicker until like the Saturday or Sunday of the week. I don't even like even before. I don't like not even not even the Thursday night game. I don't make you know, the move. You I don't make would, it until Saturday or Sunday of the week. I'm I'm going to make the move right now. Um, oh, can I share my screen with you? I want you to try to guess who my running back is going to be. Or I, I can just at least some names of candidates here. Uh, here are some of the top running backs I'm considering. You have Daryl Williams. You have uh, James White, who we just talked about with Mike with Mac Jones. You have. Uh, I think I think White would be a good one to pick up now, and then just see yeah. what you can get for him. Like he's the well, guy you. He's is the guy non PPR, so those guys don't provide right. nearly as much value. But yet the news is out. Like it's so fresh right now. It is that his value is the highest it's going to be. But so you might be able to pair him with your plethora of wide receivers I, and try and upgrade in, for I, an RB2. I think I've got the guy, though. Mark Ingram. <laughs> the third guy in uh, – The second guy in Baltimore. In Baltimore, okay. Potentially. You think he's going back. You think he's not, back. Not, I don't think he is, but I think there's a chance, right? Like, it there does is make a sense. chance. Because like, I do, think if there's going to be an odd man out in Houston, you got to think it's Ingram, right? Like, right. they're going to go Philly and David Johnson. I right. said Philly. <laughs> You did. I just rolled with it. I like that. <laughs> Philip Lindsay. For him. All right. Uh, they're going to go with Phil and DJ. So I am I like. better off picking up James White or am I better off picking up Mark Ingram? I'd pick up White. Try and package him with something else. Goddard. Yeah. Goddard would be a good one. See, who's look at who's light at. Well, there's tight end. three teams. Three teams took tight ends right after I took Goddard. I would just see what you get out of it. Yeah. And if not, try and trade one of your. Uh, receiving one of your yeah. receivers for depth um and trying to get an rb2 out of that I'm hoping, Zach Ertz, out of it. I'm hoping zach Ertz gets cut or traded like that's that's the dream right because then goddard shoots up the board i traded him for like you know that same range where i took javante yeah maybe right, around seven maybe you package well no if you're picking up white i was gonna say maybe you package stevenson and a receiver to go get harris but there's no point in uh that yeah but yeah, maybe you just take away the maybe you just take the Patriots backfield that's not their starter. <laughs> you have the I mean, two and the three. I did. I went James White, but if I do get any sniffs of Mark Ingram going to the Ravens, I think that there's the possibility. Yep. Like I think that as a Baltimore Ravens fan, I think that possibility does make sense. It makes more sense is, than Todd Gurley. Is Tony Jones out there? Um, I don't believe he is. I believe he got drafted. He didn't pop up when I went for the uh the roster trends and the and the ownership percentage. I do not see Tony Jones. You have to search him. I did. I searched for the player pool. It's it's loading. Okay. So yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll go with him. But I picked up James White for now at least. Well, we'll I did take Tony Jones in my league. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I go a little quicker with what my league looked like. Um, do I have these results anywhere? What this league I got graded out as the best draft. No hey. big deal. No big deal. Um, but again, I did not realize how much running backs were going to 
get valued in this league being full PPR the way it is. And this is coming off, obviously, some big injuries, the ETN and the, uh, the Dobbins injury. So I had this draft Sunday. Very curious to see what this was going to look like. And this was my first real standard roster format redraft league this was the only one i've done so far this year because everything's been dynasty my home league is the only other one that has your normal standard roster format right one quarterback two running backs two receivers a tight end and a flex kicker defense but even that's keeper but it's keeper league yeah so this is the first full redraft with just one quarterback and you know one flex that i've gotten to do this year so i found myself on saturday night getting the email that this draft was even happening. I didn't even know this draft was <laughs> happening until Saturday. And I texted the guy. I was like, is our draft in this league tomorrow? I hadn't heard anything about it in a while. So, uh, yeah, so I realized, I was like, I need to do some mock drafts. <laughs> Every mocks I've done been for startup dynasties and keeper leagues. So I started doing some mocks. I had the 10th pick out of 12. Um, again, running backs went really heavy. I thought about maybe taking Kelsey if I had the chance to. And he went sixth overall. Devontae went right in front of me, ninth overall. That's who I would have taken here. And so it's been all running backs other than Kelsey and Devontae. I'm up. So I was thinking Devontae Smith. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, wait, what? There Adams, the young, the young chap from the, the, the Packers there. Yes. <laughs> so here, we'll uh, pull this up here. Um, so, yeah, I end up taking Tyreek Hill. It's going to be my probably only share of Tyreek Hill this year. So, I take him at 10th um, because, I mean, next was Eckler. Um, so, I didn't really want to take him there. So, I take Tyreek Hill. And then we well, get to some my, good running backs on the board, too. Yeah. So, we get to my second round pick. So, I'm picking at the 203. And second round, Saquon happened. Yeah. He took him so, over Jonathan Taylor. That was tough for me. So, partially, I was driving back from dinner. Whenever the draft finally starts, I'm driving back. You took him over Joe Mixon. I know. So I had I had to choose between Saquon, JT, and Mixon. So when I took Tyreek, I was like, okay, I'm probably taking Mixon on the swing pick. Right. Right. Probably taking him there. Then it came. Then Saquon and JT shows up. So I'm right about to hit, you know, draft on Jonathan Taylor, and I get thinking, well, hold on a second. Let me think about this for a second. Saquon and JT. And really, the thing I came out out of that was just. Saquon, if he's healthy, is a top five running back, and he's a league winner, more so than Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon. Like, if you said 17 games of Barkley, Taylor, and Mixon, they're all healthy all year, how would you rank them in full PPR? Taylor, Mixon, Barkley? Do you say that because I took Barkley? No, I say that because of my <laughs> confidence in Daniel Jones and how many other receivers. Like, okay, am I, seen, am I also getting seventeen? Say, am I also getting seventeen games of Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony? Is everyone in the NFL playing seventeen games? Everyone's playing seventeen. Then I think Saquon's third. Like if Galladay and Tony are both healthy, also, wow, my lip. Oh, I, okay. I just went to a list because of Kadarius Tony. <laughs> <laughs> if Kadarius. Tony is also healthy all season, and so is Galladay, and so are all the Bengals guys. You know, the Colts guys, I'm not too worried about any of them. And, okay, and Wentz is healthy, Nelson's healthy, it's Taylor. Like, if all the Colts are healthy, it's Taylor. Um, Saquon and Mixon are neck and neck. I think I might go 
That one's neck and neck. But I think if all of those Colts are healthy too, though, if everyone in the NFL is healthy, it's Taylor. Also, okay, a little bit, yes, but also with Saquon, the dude, when he's healthy, has literally been one of the best running backs in the NFL, right? It's been a long time. It's been not – it's not been that long. It's been, it's been over two years. It's 2019. That's when he had the ankle injury and looked like crap. Yeah, but I'm saying when he was going, like, he was the number two pick. Remember that time that he yeah, had, was, like, 10 carries for seven yards or something like that? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> but if you're saying Saquon's healthy for 17 games and you're getting him in the second round, I'm taking that all day. But when Jonathan Taylor was still there. I know, and it was that was a very tough decision for me. I decided that Saquon has more upside if you play 17 versus Jonathan Taylor. I think Saquon. I'm sorry. I and you can, you can nitpick the teams all day, right? Yes. But, again, Daniel Jones sucks. We all know right. this. Yeah, he's very bad at football. But Wentz has already dealt with a foot, dealt with a foot injury. Now he's dealing with the COVID. Right. Uh, being on the COVID list. We've seen the offensive line, the center and left guard, have issues already. Center's yeah. already – are on the COVID list as well. We've seen Big Q obviously have injuries. Naheem Hines isn't going away. And if Marlon Mack is healthy all year, I'd see them using him some, right? So there's a chance that Taylor's touches get limited. Now, again, this is being nitpicky on Jonathan Taylor. He's obviously going to be an amazing, he's an absolute stud. But when we're getting nitpicky with it, you can make a case against Barkley, Taylor, and Mixon. You can can easily make a case against all of them. So when I'm just looking at it, I'm like, who's got the most upside – Saquon in the second round. Saquon is but it's also second round. Jonathan Taylor, though it's not like it's first round. Jonathan right. Taylor. It is literally the exact same draft slot here. Which it kind of does crack me up in this league of just running backs went so heavy in this league. Yeah, and those two are both and in the yet second Barkley round. and Taylor ended up being second round picks. Yeah, it did kind of crack me up. That's crazy. Yeah. So then I go to the end of the third round and. I took my first and only share of George Kittle this year. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, Kittle. I didn't plan on taking Kittle at all. I never took him in one single mock. The way I look at it is I wanted to have an advantage at tight end. I have a chance to take in a top three tight end. And it's at the very end of the the third. I'm getting the swing pick there. Yeah, and I'm seeing – That's why I took him. Personally, I think I may have done McLaurin there, but I see Mm -hmm. you got CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, I took CeeDee Lamb in the next round. The fact that Lamb and Cooper were both still on the board, I think Kittle's the move then. Yeah. So I end up, you know, getting an edge at there's there's a chance I have, you know, a top five at at yeah. wide receiver, top five at running back, hopefully top two at receiver, top yeah. five running back and a top three tied in. That's yep. a good start. CeeDee Lamb took him for the upside. Um it's fun to draft CeeDee Lamb. Lost myself in the draft now. Uh I, DJ Moore. He was early for so yeah. So we go to the fifth. Yeah, what do you think of that? DJ Moore next up was Claypool. Uh, I, I have been singing the song all off season with DJ Moore. One of these things just doesn't belong here. He went after Adam Thielen. He went before Claypool, before Juju, right before Judy. You know, yeah. Robbie Anderson went the next round. DJ Moore does not belong where he was going. DJ yeah. Moore belongs right next to Robert Woods, who went earlier in the round. He belongs in front of Deontay Johnson. He belongs in front of Tyler Lockett, in front of Brandon Ayuk, who all went uh, in the fifth also. Like, DJ Moore – I, I love you some DJ Moore. Yeah, I, may, I may have actually taken you. Again, he's got a ton of upside in the fifth round. In right? the fifth in a, round. In a PPR league in the fifth round. Now, another thing with this league, I've never won this league. I finished second, I finished third, and I think last year I might have been fifth, or was that two years ago? 
But I've made the playoffs every year. I've never been able to put it all together. Um, so You're shooting for the moon. Yeah, most of these picks, I'm like, yeah. who has the biggest upside? Until we get to round six, where, again, running backs, I just felt like they were getting away from me. So I wanted to take a running back. I felt like sure. still had upside, but round six and round eight fall away from everything else I did in this draft. But I felt like, again, I needed – I needed the running back, which we talked about taking a running back when you mm -hmm. feel like you're absolutely needing one is not a good time to take one. But it was Kareem Hunt I in struggled. the sixth round. I struggle with Kareem Hunt so much. I feel like I got him about a round later than what he's normally going. Right. He was still – I mean, he's, he's going to be an RB2 even with Chubb there. I just got to hope he scores touchdowns. And if anything happens to Chubb again, I have a great running back there. Yes. Now and that the, is yeah. The pick after the, him was Damian Harris, but that was you know, this was before the Cam news. So. Right. Um, and then yeah, I felt like there was a big drop off at running back after that. That's another reason I took him there. And the, the thing with Cream Hunt though, because like you said, it, you know, you've got a playable guy, even if Hunt if Chubb is still there, but mm -hmm. it's just such a nervous play, and like there's gonna be weeks. More so with him, I feel like, assuming Chubb is also healthy, right? It's more likely that he doesn't hit big than I think, you know, Damian Harris, even with Cam at quarterback, right? Like, let's put ourselves back in, you know, the, the, the time machine there, right? Like, if Chubb plays and Cam plays, I feel like it's more likely Harris has some big games um, than, than Hunt, because I just don't know what Hunt – He'll catch the passes and PPR. That's gonna help keep him afloat, right? Yeah, and he's I, he gets if they do what they did last year, he gets full drives. Like yeah, you know, especially in the fourth quarter. Drives. In the fourth quarter, when they were already up and Chubb helped them get up, they yep. let Hunt finish it out. Yeah, so that helps too. So again, round six and round eight kind of fell away from the rest of my draft. I feel like, sure. but um, it is what it is. I like well, the Hunt pick in the sixth round. Any earlier yes. than that, I wouldn't have liked it. Right? I get yeah. him in the sixth. So we move on from there. I now have an RB2, and we come up to round seven, and look who I took, Javante Williams. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. What, what round did you take him in? I believe it was also round seven. Okay, but mine was perfect. 10, and yours is 12. Yeah. Uh, so I took him in the seventh round at the end of the seventh, and I'm just yeah. – if I would have known – if I would have known what I was doing in seven and eight, I probably sure. would have taken Hunt in six, right? Yep. But, again, I just felt like running back value is just like <laughs> – it's getting see scary quick. I do see T. Higgins in the top of round seven, and that excites me. Yeah. Good. I would. I, I think I, I would have done that over Hunt. Well, I would have had to – oh, yeah, I would have had to take in T. Higgins. Or Judy. I think I'd say Judy went after he took Hunt. He did. But I was hoping I was going to take Judy at the end of the seventh is what oh, I was okay. wanting. Uh, he didn't make it to me, so I take Javante Williams. Then we go to round eight, and this is, this is my big reach in the draft. But, again, it was – I felt like I just needed to get the running back there. Um, so I just went ahead and I said, F it. I made the reach and I took AJ Dillon. Well, I'm looking at all the wide receivers that went after you took AJ Dillon. And then I see the next pick you took and I would take that guy over all of them. Yeah. So I think it's fine. Yeah. All's well that ends well. My next, so I take AJ Dillon with the plan on taking a receiver in round nine, probably. And then receivers start going because <laughs> LaVisca goes off the board. Jamar Chase goes off the board. Corey Davis, Antonio Brown. We go into round nine. Mark West Callaway goes off the board. And I get sniped on Mike Williams. 
And then I realized there's a, there's a nugget still left in, <laughs> in the draft pool. It's Will Fuller. I take Will Heck Fuller yeah. at the end of round nine. I'm Giddy very up. happy to take that as my wide receiver four at this yeah, point. So absolutely. that one game suspension is nothing for me. Uh, and then let's see. I keep getting lost in the draft. All right, I'm at the beginning of round 10. This league scores high in defense. Okay. So any, any league that has a high-scoring defense, which is literally this one and my home league. So my NFL.com league and my Yahoo league, the defenses score high. So I picking at the, you know, being on a swing pick, I don't want to miss the defensive run. I thought I was going to because two of them went off the board already. I think it was San Fran and Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh. maybe. Pittsburgh yeah. went two spots before you. Yeah, so I was scared I was going to miss the run, um, and luckily I didn't. So San Fran is my favorite defense to take this offseason because I never want to take the first defense. Mm-hmm. So I kind of – I try and take one in the middle of the run, and I feel like San Fran's got a great value because no one's really thinking – like, no one has them really at the top, right? It's mostly Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and oh. the Rams are kind of, I feel like, the first four that are going Divi- in most drafts. The division, I think, scares some people off. The division scares people, but the rest of their schedule is very juicy, and they have a yeah. very talented defense. It's just every other year they keep getting hurt, <laughs> right? So now they should be this should be the healthy year. And because of all the injuries last year, now they have a pretty juicy schedule this year. Yeah. Um, so I've been taking the Niners a lot. Well, the Niners went off the board. I was like, ah. I was not happy about that till I realized, oh, there's only two defenses gone. So I take Tampa Bay. Uh, I was pretty happy with that one. I haven't had any Tampa Bay shares this year. So let's see if their defense can be as good as what it was, you know, last year, especially at the end of last year. So we finish up round 10 there. Now we go to 11. I'm at the end of 11. I grab my first quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. We love Tannehill. Do love Tannehill. I'm getting a lot of Tannehill. Now this time I said, what the hey? And I went back-to-back quarterbacks because – there's this guy I feel like is an absolute league winner, and I didn't want to miss, I was going to hate myself for missing out on him. Mm-hmm. So I took Justin Fields. Yeah. In, in the family league, I took the Bears team – because that one I screwed up as commissioner. We're still in team quarterbacks. Uh, so I took the Bears because I agree. I think there's a chance Justin Fields is just an absolute league winner. Yeah. Uh, so we go to round 13 now. One, one thing I should note real quick. Go back yeah. up for me on to round yeah. 12. Because yeah, Michael Carter – Went with the first pick of round 12. Yeah, so I could have taken him over Tannehill. I feel like that's such a slide. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm seeing David Johnson went before him. I mean, yeah. Tevin Coleman, his teammate, did go ahead of him in this one. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't even know if I realized Michael Carter was there. Well, uh, I think, too, I, you, you I mentioned think, how this league drafted like a non-PPR league. I think mm-hmm. around this range of the draft, it drafted like a PPR league again. Because I don't see yeah. a whole lot of running backs in these kind of mid to late rounds. The reason I think Michael Carter slid in this is that running backs went so heavy early that in the middle rounds, everyone was going to quarterback, receiver, and tight end tabs. Yeah. So they weren't looking at the full, you know, every player tab. They were looking at specific tabs. That's how a player like Michael Carter can drop to the spot. And that's probably, why that is something I never do. Yeah. I do that occasionally. Um, Only but I if always, my pick is nowhere coming up. I tr- I, so I will do it just so I can see – like if I'm like, what receivers are there, right? Yeah. I want to make sure I'm not missing out on Will Fuller there because he's too far down the page when well, everyone's there, right? I'm also an extremist. I have uh, my rankings printed out, and so I'm mm-hmm. crossing out my rankings on paper yeah. and I'm keeping the draft board up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of wish I would have taken Carter over Tannehill and then taken Tannehill in the 12th. Well, I don't know because Matt Ryan went 
with the last pick. Of yeah, the so that could have been Tannehill. So Tannehill probably would have went, and then I probably would have had to take in Fields anyways, so I don't right. miss out on him. And then I'm grabbing a streamer early on and hoping Andy Dalton gets benched after week one. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine how it worked out. Uh, we go to round 13. I felt great value with Curtis Samuel there. Um, you know, see how the groin yeah. is, but there's that's no cost to me, right? No, but um, I, he's, there's he's a, a running high, back on the a board. nice high upside play. There's a running back on the board. That's what to say. Oh, I would take this guy. It's Ramondre Stevenson. He's your next pick. He's my next pick. <laughs> <laughs> so I get Ramondre. That that was a. Oh, hey, is he still there? So I went back and and found him. Took Ramondre stream Stevenson. Why a lot of people then begin to take their kickers. Um, and guys, they're probably going to get cut. Right. J.K. Dobbins gets auto drafted in the 14th round. So Yahoo did not update their ADP. Um, a lot. Some of the guys were, were, but J.K. Dobbins stood at the top. If anyone would have auto-drafted from round like four on, yeah, it's they would have gotten J.K. Dobbins. So I, I think it shows, you know, the league is pretty invested when he, he could have been yeah. auto-drafted any time and he doesn't get auto-drafted till the 14th. So you like to, you, you love to see it. Then I go get a Raider finally, because I missed out on Henry Ruggs. So pretty easy i'm getting a raider receiver <laughs> every draft i get brian edwards with my second to last pick love that so we go to the last round again everyone's mostly taking kickers justice hill went there um who did i take in the last uh, tony oh, jones i took tony jones i was looking at the end of round 16 i have the beginning of, i'm 1603 so yeah i take ramonde uh, stevenson and tony jones with two of my last three picks and Brian Edwards, nice three flyers, I feel like, to round out the oh, draft. Tony Pollard was there in the second to last round. Was he now? Yeah, he was the second to last pick of the second to last oh, round. Oh, I, I could have grabbed him. I took Brian Edwards. As far as the Zeke owner didn't just take him earlier, though. Right. I kind of am, too, with how running backs are coveted in this league. Yeah. Um, but overall, thoughts thought for your thoughts here. Yeah, let me, let me pull up the uh, – here we go. Let me see the actual team here. Um. I like the oh, starting here. lineup quite a bit. Like I said, Kareem Hunt, me and you are in very similar boats. We're like the RB2, I'm very nervous, but there's a lot of upside, right? By week right. six, it'll shake itself out. You'll be good. Probably by week four, it'll shake itself out and be good. Mm-hmm. But like week one, RB2, and for you being in, in a PPR league, it's much more stomachable. Um, but I like, like that word, stomachable. Stomachable. You know? Very nice. The ability yeah. to stomach. Uh, <laughs> I think that it becomes a lot easier to digest. I think that's what I was trying to describe with stomachable. It's easier to <laughs> digest a kind of not so great RB2 when you're in PPR. And Hunt is going to be able to keep you afloat. It's like a, a very rich man's James White, you know. Uh, not quite Austin Eckler. You're not a wealthy man, right. but you're a rich man, you know. Uh, you know what's funny about this league is I never have an RB2 in this league. <laughs> because of the keeper format, oh. and I always had good receivers. I, yeah, because you had Adams I, and Julio, well, my, you said? My, it was Adams and Julio. So my first year in the league, I take over a team, and they had um, they had Julio, Odell, and Le'Veon Bell were the clear-cut keepers for that league. We go into that season, Le'Veon sits out all year. I'm able to trade Le'Veon and Odell, who I – I've never – every year I've ever had Odell, I've traded him away. It's kind of funny. Um, but I was able to trade them both away and get back Devontae Adams and Leonard Fournette, which this was – You Leonard won Fournette. that trade. Leonard Fournette was out at the time, and Bell was out at the time. So it was kind of a – we're swapping – they were both supposed to come back the same week. Bell obviously ended up not coming back at all. Um, 
but yeah, I won that trade for sure. I ended up making it. I think I, I, we were both, both of us were three and five as well. I ended up winning out all the way to the championship game and ended up losing. That was the only year I ever had like a good RB2 because I traded for him. Right. Other than that, my RB2s have been nothing because, oh, this also was traditionally a non-snake draft. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It was the dumbest. So if you make the playoffs, it was, it was reverse order of standings and non-snake draft. So if you make the playoffs, you are basically punished the next draft season. So I'm picking it, you know, at the end of every round because I'm, you know, I'm picking either fifth to last, third to last, or second to last of every single round. Like at that point, you have to reach sometimes, you know, to to fill in for a position there. Um, but this was the first time we had no keepers and we snaked, and I still didn't come away with a very strong RB two. But I have good RB twos. They're not great. Right. Lots of upside, guys. Yes. One of them is going to shake out. Um, I think one thing that's interesting, who do you think your three keepers will be? So I think you've got four candidates. If, if we do the keepers? Yeah, if you guys go back to doing go the back three to keepers, the keepers off the top, they're your first three picks, who do you think it'll end up being? I think you've got be, four strong candidates. I think it'll be my two receivers, Tyreek Hill and CeeDee Lamb. And then it'll be between probably Saquon and George Kittle. Yeah, I mean, those are the four candidates. Yeah. And I, um, so I had the chance to keep Kittle one of those years, and I passed up because I never have any running backs. I kept a running back, and it still haunts sure. me to this day. Um, but I actually – I was like, well, I, I drafted Kittle as breakout year, right? Mm, yeah. So the next year I was like, well, I'll just draft the next breakout tight end. I threw Kittle back to, to get the receivers, and I did. Because it's so easy. Oh, you da- did? Darren Waller. Hey. Yeah. It, it was for a couple years for me there. Um, but that was the year I was flexing a, a tight end because I took Hunter Henry and Darren Waller, and I was struggling at some other positions. Um, but overall, I really like this team, and I really hope I win it because this is one of my bigger money leagues. So, Can I do two quick notes on my family league? Yeah. So, number one, I drafted Odell Beckham just to say I actually got Odell. It was round 13, and I will probably cut him here shortly. <laughs> uh, other big no- – oh. Wait, did I just lose you? Oh, no, there you are. Okay. I took this screen share off. Yeah. Um, the other note is Rebecca had the first overall pick, and she was incredibly torn. So this is a league where, first of all, the four Kansas City localized people, uh, the, the Rebecca side of the family were the first four picks. My family was the next four picks. Okay. So that meant in the first four picks, it was heavily rumored and likely to be Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill and, and CEH as potentially the first four picks. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca decides she went, she committed to the bit. Her bit being that she wanted to name her team Chubba Chubba Choo Choo. <laughs> so she drafts Nick Chubb first overall. And then like round 13, she drafted Chuba Hubbard. So <laughs> she got the Chubba Chuba Choo Choo going and i'm very very proud i i love that no that's great i and i love in home leagues when people do that right yes and Uh, she did it for the bit she passed on patrick mahomes in order to do it Uh, i I love to see it because i mean home league's the ultimate place to have fun yes yes especially this family like my whole league is serious but this family league is not and it's fun now Um, speaking of that i end up with a great team name in my home league that i want to share on the podcast i did I, I went and looked up player. I usually don't do player pun team names because they're mostly stupid, but I came across a great one. And I did have Joe Mixon in my home league. So I'm the Catalina Wine Mixons. That's pretty good. And I even went and found a, a picture of uh, Will Ferrell singing 
when when he when he does the opera song at the Catalina Wine Mixer. Mm-hmm. So I have a I have a close up face of him singing at the Catalina Wine Mixer as my team picture of I, Catalina Wine Mixins. I want to take uh I have an issue with something you just said that you said most of them are dumb. Is Chuba Chuba Choo Choo dumb? I like it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cuz that's a good one. I no, actually so I I and was I googled names, right? And I actually found there's there's some good ones this year. Yeah. Normally there, they're dumb. Um there's there some was, players now that are There was one I, I had for a couple of years. I was Patrick is Mahomes as uh, first two years in the league. Classic. Um, um Pits and Giggles is a good one. I, <laughs> I think I'm going to use that in one of my leagues. From the windows to the waller. I, I saw that like one. That. I, I, I like that, that one. Classic. Uh, yeah. I definitely well, saw some good ones there. Uh, since they made like the uh, what was it the Fuller Fuller House right yeah. was the thing, uh, Fuller House episode five because Will Fuller is the fifth. He's got the V. Okay. So Fuller okay. House V. I still uh, like I still like the Fresh Prince of Elaire. Sure, it's a good I one. Also, a good like, classic. Throw Edwards in front of like just make it like you know, the Fresh Prince of Edwards Elaire. Yeah, um, if you are looking for some good player name puns for your team name. It was Sporting News is where I found a good list of them. It's about 150 of them. And it lists the player's name and then the puns for them. So just Google, you know, 2021 fantasy team names. And if you find the Sporting News article, I recommend that one uh, going through. I liked it. It was good. It was good. Um, So, again, a lot of people are doing their drafts over this weekend. So I just want to throw out a couple late tips um, for people going into it. And the main one, we've kind of already went over it. Don't draft your kicker. Don't even pick your kicker up until the weekend of the draft. Even if you're drafting this weekend, just don't do it. Go draft a backup running back or a receiver, like a fly, a flyer. And, you know, that way, if there is, hopefully there's not, but if there is another injury like J.K. Dobbins or Travis Etienne, at least you're giving yourself a chance, you know, go get Tony Jones if Latavius yeah. Murray gets cut today. Go get Ramadre Stevenson. Give yourself a shot. Um, I will say, though, on the flip side of that coin, you're going to hate this. Don't be afraid to take Justin Tucker in the second to last round. Like, if literally no kickers have gone yet. If you're going to – yeah, I do hate that. I know you are. (laughs) But, like, if literally no kickers have gone yet, Butker in the second to last round, I'm okay with. Latavius Murray still hasn't been cut yet, by the way. No? No. Um, so if you're, if you are going to draft a kicker, you might as well get Butker or Tucker, right? If, again, my line and is the second to last round. If, if I did draft kickers, I would draft Harrison Butker and name my team Butker. Our prices have never been lower from the, it's a quote from the office. Oh, um, okay. yeah, it's, it's an office thing. You wouldn't get it. Um, get that. but it, every time I hear Harrison Butker, I think of that scene in the office. Rebecca got um, it though. Yeah, yeah. She's listening. No. She likes the office. Yeah, no, she she'll laugh when she hears that okay. one. Um, but no, so I obviously have a history with drafting kickers. Three yes. straight years. Three straight years. We can't make this up, but three straight years. So my home league always drafts, you know, during the first or second week of preseason because that's when we can always get together. But three straight years, the kicker I drafted was cut. <laughs> that's rough. I mean, can, well, no, two years they got – well, no, all three they did get cut. One of them got in some yeah. legal trouble. Josh Brown. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he ended up still getting cut. But, uh, yeah, three straight years they got cut. And I think the th- the first and third year, the third year the guy I drafted was the guy that replaced the first year guy that got cut. <laughs> I think. It was Eagles. Was it Caleb Sturgis? It was Jake Elliott and uh, – who did Elliott replace? 
Parky? Yeah. Yeah. I think that might yeah, have been it. Yeah, it was Parky. Um, but then one year, I didn't draft kickers for a couple of years, and then one year I decided, you know what? I'm going to draft a kicker this year. And they didn't get cut, but here's the thing. So in my, in my home league, again, defenses score high, and usually as soon as someone takes their defense, they want to take a kicker. Yep. They finally quit doing it about two years ago, but there was a long time where the top kickers, your Justin Tuckers and whatnot, round 10 through 12, you know they're going to go, right? It's a home spot. Oh, yeah. yeah. So one year, I wanted to get ahead of that. I just took my defense, and my team was absolutely stacked. I loved my first eight picks, and I got to keep um, Cream Hunt going into a sophomore year for free. 14th round, I got to keep him. Nice. So I knew that the kicker run was about to start with Tucker and these guys. So I said, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to beat you to it. And I took Greg the Leg Zerline for the Rams in like the 10th round. Is this the year he got hurt? This is the year oh. he got hurt. <laughs> he gets hurt and doesn't even play. The did, did he play at all that season? I don't think he so. Missed, I remember he missed a, Ficken was a thing. He missed a good part of the beginning yeah. of the season. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, man. So I, I refused to draft kickers now because that year, again, I was like, I'll reach for a kicker because I, again, my team was so stacked. I was going to have multiple top 10, like I was going to have two top 10 running backs. I think I had Gurley and Hunt. I had two top 10 receivers. I had Mahomes. I had Kelsey. You already I mean, won the league. So now I had already won the league. Around. I was like, I was like, yeah. all right, I'm going to draft the number one kicker now. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was like, I got the number one quarterback, tight end. Uh, wide receiver and Devonte Adams. I had Gurley. I had Hunt. I was like, I'm gonna have the number one kicker too. <laughs> the year before that, Zerline was like a flexible yeah. player. He's putting up like 15 a game, and then he gets hurt and uh, doesn't even play the beginning of the year. So there, that's why I don't draft kickers. I don't will always kickers. always get someone else instead, and I pick my kicker up the weekend of week one. So that's my advice there. Um, do you have any others? Um, the, yeah, keep an eye on the draft board. If you're near a turn, um, you know, like I said, with the guy who kind of got screwed by doing this, uh, with, you know, keep an eye on it, right? Like if the guy, if you're picking nine and the guy at 10 doesn't have a quarterback, then maybe you should take your quarterback before the turn, right? Or if he does have Mahomes, yeah, then, you know, let it play through a little bit. So um, normally, normally my rule is I look at what they have, right? But also I look at what I want. So oh Yeah. So, yeah. for instance, for instance, if if the if let's say I'm picking tenth in a twelve team league, right? right? The two guys already have a quarterback, right? But there's only one quarterback left I want. But I, there's three receivers that I like. I'll go ahead and lock up my quarterback yeah. just in case those sure. guys want to snag their QB because there's three for, receivers still, right? And I'll take whatever yeah. receiver is left over in that. But in the same in the same time, if there's two quarterbacks I still like. Yep, and they both already have their quarterbacks. I will wait until the swing to get the quarterback. Yeah, so it is very uh, situational. But yeah. yeah, if you are towards a swing, which is my favorite place to draft, I want to draft like within two to three spots of the swing pick, right? Yep. I want to be in like between. You don't want to be the swing. No, you don't want to draft yeah. first or twelfth. I like being second or third. Ooh, or I'm okay with first. I'm not okay with twelve. I'm okay with that's first. true. That's true. Honestly, <laughs> uh, what I, don't I, even, I don't even mind this. I don't even mind being twelve. What am I saying? I like picking twice in a row. You're just more susceptible to missing out on a run, yeah. um, and you might Which, have to reach a little bit. Like if a guy if a guy has a late round value in that round, you're gonna have to take him at the beginning of the round. Right. Otherwise, you're not gonna get him because you have twenty what twenty four picks in front of you. So, yeah. Um, oh, that's one of the tips too, though. Is if you see a run, 
don't necessarily just jump into the run because if the past five, eight picks were all wide receivers, that could mean there's a running back that's fallen because everyone said, crap, now I need to take my receiver, right? So don't just buy into the run. If you see, you know, Lamar, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott all go boom, 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 don't panic and take Russell Wilson. Uh, And that really kind of encompasses a bigger theme too of draft players, not positions. Yes. That is my biggest advice. I think that's a great point because if the run has already happened and there's only one guy left, Mm -hmm. the run is going to stop, right? Because everyone's already got the position now. So I think that's a good point. I just did that in a mock. Um, I was on the Fantasy Pros app and it got to the – um the Tannehill Stafford range yeah and so I looked ahead and I was like okay well these guys don't have quarterbacks so I'm going to take my quarterback now and the CPU did not take a quarterback for like another two rounds sure because I already had them all right and it happened I only two other teams didn't have a quarterback yet and I was like well I got to make sure I get either Tannehill or Stafford and it happened um I do have one that's kind of situational to us but other teams may have it so one of the things we're doing in one of our dynasty leagues is we do expanded off-season rosters. Mm-hmm. I think that's – I feel like that's pretty common these days. Um, but our dynasty is the only dynasty that does it that I play in. But I, I feel like I've heard it as well. But we expand off-season rosters by three spots, and we're about to do the cuts, right? So on Monday, I'm going to drop our roster size down three, and teams are going to have to make their cuts. If you're in a league similar to that, my advice is – um. I'm trying to trade some bench pieces away mm-hmm. and not maybe my cuttable guys. Like, again, I made a trade today. I was able to trade Jarek McKin- McKinnon away to the Clyde owner, right? To the CEH guy. I'm just shooting out some offers of see what people want. You know, maybe a guy needs a little receiver depth and I throw him one of my bench receivers, whatever, just to try and get some picks back. Now in my particular situation, I have no picks. I actually, I had zero 2022 picks left uh, was that yesterday, two days ago, you sent me that yesterday. trade offer. Yeah. Yesterday, Matt sends me a trade offer trying to get my last 2022 <laughs> pick from me. Actually, I had one pick in 2022 and one in 23, and he asked for both of them. And no, I was like, no. I, no, I skipped 23. It was 2024. Oh, okay. It was a 2024 pick. I have, I have three of those. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to get uh, one from you. <laughs> and so I, I countered, he countered back and I ended up making the move and traded away my last 2022 pick. So now I'm trying to get some second and thirds back. I know I'm not going to get any first back. I'm trying to get some second and thirds back, but this also goes for redrafts as well, because if you take my initial advice and don't draft kickers until that week, well, at some point, someone on your bench is going to have to get cut so you can pick a kicker up for yep. week one. So try and try, I'm trying to do a two for one trade in my home league. So I, have, I can open up the roster spot, right? A controlled drop is what I like to call it. I'm sending you two guys for one. I open up the roster spot, and instead of just dropping a guy to free agency, I'm kind of controlling where he's going, what team he's going to. But it obviously has to make sense for the other owner. Right. right. Just and it doesn't have anybody. to be a guy who you're going to drop either. Like in our trade, mm-hmm. I sent you Mike Williams. And part yep. of that also – well, so first of all, this is the team where I had ATN and Dobbins. So right. I need some running back. I just need people that have RB next to their name at this point. Um, but I don't want to drop Sterling Shepard, but Sterling Shepard was on my roster bubble. Mm-hmm. So by, by trading away Mike Williams, that then makes me say, well, now I can keep Sterling Shepard because now I can keep yeah. that extra wide receiver. So yeah. it doesn't have to just be the guy in the bubble. Like right now I'm trying to trade oh, Juju. And Juju is obviously not a cuttable player, yeah. but if I can get a first for Juju, you know, I've even thought about trading Keenan Allen that league, right. And make yeah. to upgrade at another, Wait, you have position. Keenan Allen. 
it, no, this is my home league. I'm talking. About. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> like, where I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, weeks. I'm gonna have to make a a cut before yeah. week one to pick up my kicker. Well, maybe I try and upgrade and try and pick up a good running sure. back and receiver. Do right? a, a Keenan plus whatever kind of late running back you took for yeah. a round two running back type. Right. Of or I've thought about you know Gus Edwards and you know a flexible starter or flexible receiver to try and get a upgrade at my uh, second running back. Right. Mm-hmm. But just throwing that out there. Uh, look at that. Um, anything else before we get into our last segment? Uh, one of the final things I tend to do, and this isn't just, this isn't for everybody, but it's just one of the things I do only invest heavily at either quarterback or tight end. Don't invest too heavily at both. I did it. It'll be fine. Okay. All right. Fine. It'll be fine. Listen to Tanner. No. He wins his leagues. (laughs) No, it does make a lot of sense, right? Don't – you can't take Kelsey and – like, if you take Kelsey and Mahomes – If you take Kelsey and Mahomes in the first and second rounds – Kelsey and Mahomes may be the exception there. They're the exception to everyone. Because (laughs) they are such a great advantage at their position. Don't take Kittle and Josh Allen. Yes. That's a good point. Right. And don't spend your rounds three and four picks on Kittle and Josh Allen. In in my in my uh, version, it was Dak and, and Kyle Pitts. Right. Sure. I did invest. They're in both them, round but... four. <laughs> that was my round four or five swing. Um, but I was like, you know, f it. We're going for the value yeah. with Dak. Hopefully, he can be QB one in this format. It's also point per completion. So I think it really spikes Dak up yeah. there. Yeah, um, and Kyle Pitts but, just gonna be fun. I'm gonna have Kyle Pitts in three is, leagues, Matt. I'm gonna have him in three leagues. I didn't think I was gonna have him in a single one. I'm gonna have him in three leagues this year. If you take him first overall in that dynasty league, I'm gonna be so mad. So me and Matt are be, be doing a, a startup uh dynasty here before long next weekend, right? Yeah. Right. So we did a raffle format. Uh again, all props to Matt for coming up with this format. But you have you get your, you know, you have ten names or your name goes down your ten name times. ten times. And you decide how many you want to go in the vet and how many in the rookie draft out of those 10, right? So my thought was, oh, I want an early rookie. Yep. And I almost did nine to one, but I ended up doing eight to two, eight in the rookie, two in the uh, the vet, and it worked out perfectly. I got the number I'm one rookie pick. so mad. And I, I got the number six vet pick, which is awesome, right? Because I, I am guaranteed a top five quarterback or McCaffrey, right? Which I think McCaffrey will, won't make it past the second pick. Yeah. I don't know who I'm drafting with, but I assume that. But I'm going to get a top, you know, top five quarterback. At worst case, I get Dak, right? Yeah. And having the number one rookie pick, it's a two quarterback and two tight end. Yeah. Right? So if I'm weak at either one, that's pretty easy, right? I take Trevor Lawrence or, or Kyle Pitts. Now, here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of Trevor Lawrence in fantasy right now just because it's more of an Urban Meyer thing. Yeah. Or he just scares me, right? And I feel like he could set Trevor Lawrence back. I might be taking Kyle Pitts one hundred and one. It's too t- it's too tight end. So in. mad about this. Could you imagine Kelsey well, and Kyle Pitts in a two tight end league? And so here's the thing that annoys me too: is that yes, so you did eight to two, and I pulled the names, and when I pulled your name out before my name in the vet draft, <laughs> I immediately just cursed. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Freaking Tanner, of course, of all people. Then I get to the rookie draft, and the first thing I pull out is Tanner. I'm like, you've got – because I think there's a pretty decent chance anyone else besides me and you, it would have been Trevor going number one, right? There's so much hype around Trevor. Right. I think we would have finished the veteran draft, and some whoever that is is going to end up looking at their team and would have said, oh, I don't really like my super flex quarterback. 
I think that they would have gone Trevor and then I could get Kyle Pitts at two. But no, it's you. Of course it's you. <sighs> I'm so mad. <laughs> it's I didn't perfect. feel bad because the, also the draw has Apple, worked out well. There were two guys, uh, my brother, Brian, and Adam, that uh, they kind of got screwed. <laughs> Which, it'll happen. I well, was, it I, I it was has to come at someone's expense, you know. If I'm going to yeah. have such a great draw, lottery draw, it's got to be at someone's expense. So. I'm, Sorry, I'm more happy to see no one – like, you getting six in the vet draft and one in the rookie, I can deal with. If someone would have had a top three in, in both, I would have not been very happy. Because yeah. that would have felt like, oh, well, this person's going to go. Now, win. because it is a startup, the rookie draft is snake. a snake. So yes. I have the first and the 20th. Yes. Hit, and the 21st. Right? And the 21st. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I don't have the 101, 201, 301. I have the Correct. 101, the 210, and the 301. Correct. Because it is snake there. I think that is important to say. But again, I, I have a lot. Of, now, my, my plan when I first saw it and I was like, I have the 101, I was immediately like, how can I trade back? Right, because I wanted a top three or four rookie pick. I didn't really want the number one because that normally in superflex means Trevor Lawrence. So I thought about trading back, and then I realized you're second, so that's not gonna. I'm not trading behind you in the rookie draft. Well, I mean, you could trade. Well, yeah, it'd be if a I whole could, thing. You'd if I could end up somebody, if I could end up with two firsts out of it, I would consider right. it. Right. Yeah, because there's two guys I really want in this draft. I'm not gonna be able to do it in this format. Yeah, but we'll see I might, how the I might, we'll knowing how. it's not going to be Kyle Pitts. I might move back. I might. How mad back. would you be if you moved back and then you take Trevor? and I took Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> I would jump through. I, you know what? I would drive to Green Bay, Wisconsin, <laughs> and track you down with a baseball bat. Uh, it'd be fun and to just, see you. and we'd go play baseball. Yeah, it'd be it'd be yeah. fun to see you. Um, so our last segment here, this is going to be a lot of fun. The 2022 top players at their position. So we're going to go through the top three, who me and Matt think are going to be the top three at each position for fantasy next year. So this is going to be going into Labor Day of 2022. Who's the first three off the board at each position? So we each have our top three, and then we're going to throw out some dark horses. All right? So at quarterback, I didn't go very crazy. I didn't either. It's hard went, to and and this is the reason we kind of came up with the dark horse segment. But yeah, I went Mahomes, Kyler, and Lamar. I have the same. I didn't think you'd do yeah. Lamar. I did. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. Like the variance of the quarterback, I will take the the rushing basically yep. when it comes to the variance. Because if Josh Allen drops, it doesn't mean Josh Allen and Dak Prescott are not going to have bad years. Really, I should have put Dak in here with the way I think his twenty twenty one season is going to be. Right. Like he should have been here over one of either Kyler or Lamar for me. Um, but if there's going to be any variance, I would, the regression is most likely to happen to Dak and Josh Allen to me than Kyler yeah. and Lamar. I agree. And I'm going to make a bet. We have the same dark horse too. I, yeah. Justin Fields. Yep. <laughs> yep. I don't think we need to go into that too much. It's Lamar, but again <laughs> i mean yeah justin fields can be an absolute league winner this year if he has the rushing his he was one of the best passing quarterbacks in college last year if he has the rushing to go with it the only thing holding him back is matt Nagy, yep. most likely and the uh, chance that robinson leaves i went a little crazy at running back just a little okay. just a hair crazy not okay. real crazy uh jonathan taylor mm-hmm. nick chubb because by okay. the way kareem hunt is very cuttable after this season mm-hmm and Najee Harris. Okay. I went CMC. I think he's okay. got another he's got another one or two years there. Sure. Jonathan Taylor. 
in Saquon Barkley. In Saquon. Yes. Okay, so because, now you drafted him, you're now all in. Yep, he can bounce back. Uh, my dark horses was Najee and my dark, dark horse, Trey Sermon. Oh, that's fun. My that's dark a horse is Javante. Uh, yeah, I like Javante a lot and that as well. Um, for me, I think Najee Harris has a chance of it because of Saquon. Like, because of what Saquon has done where he has shown – how good a rookie running back can be, even with a yeah. crap offensive line and a bad offense around him, really. Um, that does give me some hope for Najee. Yeah. Um, I've still got him at RB12 for this year. Like, I'm not totally in love with it, but that's a very high spot already. Yeah. So, all he has to do, I think, is, like, meet RB1 expectations and have a couple of those – because McCaffrey, Cook, Henry Kamara, Zeke, Mixon, Jones, they're all – second contract now like they're not old but they are second contract and we see second contract running backs fall off yeah i mean if we did this exercise three years ago we would say oh i love you on bell todd Gurley, david johnson case closed right oh, oh, yeah. the case got reopened so I, uh, I think like i said i think cmc's got one maybe two more years sure that i feel very confident putting him in this list all right for receiver i have i have two lists i told I you have, one list I have the easy out list. Okay. This is the easy out for this exercise. Tyreek, Diggs, and A.J. Brown. Yeah, that's the easy out. That's it? the easy out. You want to hear the exciting list? Uh, it's probably the same as my list. Well, you had A.J. Brown on the I easy out I had A.J. Brown list. in the easy out list. Okay. Justin Jefferson, D.K. Metcalf, and CeeDee Lamb. No, how is D.K. and Justin Jefferson any more of fun than A.J.? I'm not saying – I'm just saying the easy out. Like, but why is A.J. Brown an easy out but D.K. Metcalf? Because I feel like a lot of – I've heard it a lot of him. He could be the number one receiver drafted in fantasy next year. I said that. I've heard no, that. You're, multi- you're the one for me. <laughs> I've heard that on multiple podcasts. Okay. You're adding to it, yes. I think the public perception is D.K. Metcalf is better than A.J. Brown. Like, I think the public perception is, AJ, is D.K. is an easier out than A.J. Brown. Okay. But my list is A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson. So, <laughs> so CD's the outlier there. C.D. Lamb is the outlier there. He was your dark horse, wasn't he? No. Oh, no. Okay, because I considered making him my dark horse, but I figured you would. No. Who's your dark horse? Jerry Judy. That's my dark horse. Hey. Look at us go. You want to hear Who my want- honorable mention? Yeah. This one's really fun. Yeah, tack one more on there for me. Are you ready for this? LaVisca Chenault. I don't. <laughs> see that's a dark that dark is fun. <laughs> are you ready for my dark horse like he would have to have an Allen robinson like year in jacksonville but even a rob was never top three though no a rob did it in jacksonville it'd be fun but like i don't think there's any scenario of getting him top three although with trevor though New, you know that, it, that's it that's it it's, yeah, it's that he has trevor, trevor lawrence if they both completely ball out this year yeah. and he gets like a 30 32 percent target share <laughs> like he yeah. might be a, I yeah, I feel like there's like a if this was a Vegas odd, you would make a ton of money yeah. throwing down a dollar on this bet. But I thought it'd be fun just to bring it up. My other dark horse is we both had Judy T. Higgins. Yeah, I like that. Because like so, you'll still have the Jamar Chase thing going on. I was about to say Jamar Chase felt like an easy out for a dark horse. Well, I think T. Higgins is the more likely one. Well, I, I'm, no, I'm saying Jamar Chase would be an easier one to pick there. Sure. I like the T. Higgins pick as the dark horse. Which, who do you think is more likely to be top five next year and going into the draft, Higgins or Chase? I think at the, right now I'd have to say Higgins. Yeah, me too. But 
I mean, you just look at all the guys we just named. Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, D.K. Metcalf, C.D. Lamb. There's it's so many good. really hard to break the top five I know. from those six guys, right? Yeah. The, the receivers are young, and they are deep, and well, they're very Calvin, exciting to watch. Calvin Ridley. Oh, and Calvin just like, oh yeah. I, wrote, I wrote him on there on the easy outs. It was too easy, though. Yeah, it's too easy. I, I put Tyreek, Diggs, A.J. Brown, and Ridley, and I just overlooked him there. Yeah, um, it's yeah. too easy. All right, tight end. I think there's a there's a really easy out here, but you got to put them on there. For I mean, me. I put I did the big three for my three. Like Who, it's easy. The same it, big three as this year. Yeah, yeah. Kelsey Kittle Waller. Okay, I did Pitts Waller and Hawkinson. Yeah, to keep yeah. Kelsey out. Well, you know, if the, old washed up. Yeah, if there's anyone that's gonna fall off a cliff out of this list that I've made of top threes, I feel like Kelsey has the best odds. I think it's more likely to fall Kittle. from the top. I think Kittle's more likely well, to fall I, out. I, I took Kittle out as well. He did. If, well, I took Kittle out because if Kittle has one more injury-riddled season, he's not yeah. going to be a top three tight end drafted next year. Yeah. Kelsey, I just took him out because of his age if sure. he falls off. I'm not saying he's going to. Again, this is just – I think – I'm just trying to have a little fun with the list, but – Yeah. Yeah. Because mine wasn't, mine wasn't fun, admittedly. Right. Like, if I was doing a draft right now, like, if we – Matt, if we did a draft today, but we did not play the season out until 2022 – Ooh. I would take Kelsey over Hawkinson. Yes, I would too. Yeah. But that's I'm having a really, fun with That's this. a really yeah, fun idea, though. We do the draft today. <laughs> rosters are locked for 365 days. I don't know we if get we can. A hundred. Well, we would just have to make it a dynasty league. Right. And have a handshake agreement that no one does anything for a year. Right. I just, you just lock all, and then, commissioner yeah. lock all waiver moves. And then we would reopen it with like a thousand dollars of fab. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd have to do a supplemental draft. Oh, you could, there you, you go. could expand rosters by like yeah. five or six spots, do a five, do a five round supplemental vet draft, and then a three round rookie draft. So yeah. you expand by eight, and yeah. then do cuts like a week later. It'd be mayhem. That It'd would be, be fun though. Insane. It'd be fun though. I Can we do I a two man like, league on sleeper. Is that possible? Can we do two man. I would. That would sounds terrible. But like, it'd just be me and you doing that. Well, that's well. We could have like eight auto drafts. You, yeah, but so you'd have to. I'd rather it be ten. But we could do like eight right. auto drafts. Um, yeah. Who are well? Yeah, we we kind of went over this in the pre-show. But the dark horse at tight end, Pat Fryermuth. I thought yeah. that was a fun one. And then you that's a fun it. one. And then I guessed it. I and nailed you it. Guessed it because it's yeah. fun. It is fun though. Yeah. Uh, for me, it is Mike Gesicki. Okay. I had it as my honorable mention, Dark Horse. I've never been a big Gasicki guy, but I've yeah. liked what I've seen out of them this, this preseason with Tua. Is he kinda... going into year three or four? That'd be year four. Okay. So I want to say it was his sophomore years when I was on the Gasicki hype train. I had one other honorable mention, Dark Horse, and that was Janu. Now that Mac oh. has been, now that Mac has been uh, named the starter. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I see my Cole Komet also. Yeah, you can definitely put him in there. I'm not big on Komet. Like, he's very talented, and we're all expecting Justin Fields to take over. So, I mean, things are kind of lining up for him. But I don't know. Just Komet doesn't really excite me. Maybe next year, yeah, if yeah. Allen Robinson does leave. I'm more excited. And Jimmy about Graham's the, finally gone. I'm more <laughs> excited about Darnell Mooney than I am Cole Komet. Right. Like, if either one of them take a real step forward, I think it's Mooney. Yeah. What about Chris Herndon? What do you think of him? I just saw he has changed yeah. addresses. He is now a Minnesota Viking. That broke while we were doing this segment here. So, uh, 
Well, Irv is on pup list, right? Um, I'm not sure. But I mean, any interest in? Uh, did you have any interest prior to this trade on uh, Tyler Conklin? Not really. No. Um, Conklin is more just a thorn for Irv to me than he was his own actual thing. Um, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I ranked 30 tight ends, and Conklin wasn't one of them. Irv Smith likely to miss at least four weeks. So we have a short-term IR, then they're gonna put him on. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't have any interest in Conklin or Herndon or. I, I like the Herndon move because this makes me yeah. think that Thielen probably has a better chance of being good early in the year um, and keep with the Jefferson-Thielen concentrated targets, right? Sure. Um, it's not like they went and got Zach Ertz because that – if they went and got Zach Ertz, <sighs> then – I would prefer that because I don't have a Adam <laughs> Thielen anyway. I do have Thielen in one league. I, I kind of I've, I've got Jefferson, but I don't have any Thielen. Yeah. So if – okay, so the league I just drafted where I have Jefferson and I have Goddard. I think it's worth it to me to have Ertz go from Goddard to Jefferson. Yeah. And then be able to trade Goddard for like a round eight running back. Right. I think it's worth that for me to, to downgrade my Jefferson, but up, upgrade my Goddard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, no, I like that segment. It'll be interesting to see what it's actually like. Watch, watch like only one player change. Yeah, I mean, it's just all the same, isn't it? I mean, Chris McCaffrey literally missed the entire season with injury, and he's still number one. He's still the 101. Without question. Without question, the 101. I think last year, if we would have done this segment a year ago from today, we would have still had Jonathan Taylor in this segment. No. You don't I mean, think as so? Dark, as Dark Horse, maybe. I think we would have had him in this segment because that was, that was pretty much the thing. It was like his rookie year, you know, he may not produce – I think CEH. Like, CEH. That, that might have been more it. Likely. It might have I mean, been I CMC, CEH, and, and JT. <laughs> I, I think a year ago right now, my picks would have been McCaffrey, Clyde, and Miles Sanders. But think yeah, about a year might, ago right now. It might have been. It might have been. Go back 365 days. Oh, as yeah, stupid as sure. it says now. No one would have put, no no put Josh Allen. I don't even know if Josh Allen would have been a dark horse for I this. I think you would have been a dark horse pick. I don't know because there was a lot of talk. He may not even get a second contract. The way but he, the you know. other side of that coin was like there were, it was very extreme. It was very right. polarized on Allen. You probably would have put Baker as your dark horse. No, I wouldn't put Baker as my dark horse. <laughs> I would have said Mahomes and Lamar, and I probably would have said Dak. Yeah. See, I and think then, Hawkinson would have been a dark horse on this. Oh no, Deshaun. Deshaun Watson would have been my. Deshaun pick. Watson would have been in there. Deshaun, Lamar, and Mahomes. They were the mm-hmm. three. I don't think Diggs would have been on this list at all. No. He was getting severely overlooked. Yeah. I, was, I took him around eight last year. I still yeah. can't believe it. He, went, he was a fifth-round keeper in my home league. I think a year ago right now, my dark horse. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I should just look up my draft from last year. I feel like I probably picked whoever it was, right? <laughs> Uh, well, we're gonna have to wrap this up at the uh, the water jug's gone. So oh, not the water jug. I still have some I gotta, ski. Well, the, the the whole water jug's been drank. So I oh yeah, we gotta wrap this show up. Um, <laughs> that's why you had to ramble on about your. Uh, well, you didn't ramble on. You were enjoying every second of it, but talking about your draft. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's why you, DJ, you didn't hear me for a while. <laughs> DJ Moore. DJ Moore was the guy a year ago. Yes, he would have been on this list for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. DJ I took him in a couple list. startups last year. I was very high on him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, thanks for everyone for listening and uh, hanging out with the ADP. We don't know what the schedule is going to look like from here on out. So, 
you know, yeah, we, start we a might job. Be changing, I'm starting a new job. Might be changing the format up a little bit, doing yeah. like shorter individual shows. Of we'll just like see. one of us. Yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be in uh, talks and discussion and figuring that out. But yeah. just follow us on Twitter at ADP Dudes and uh, and keep up with it there. And uh, we'll be posting our rankings on there at some point as well um, before this weekend. So yeah, maybe we should get some printable rankings or something that get that ready oh, to go smart. for some people. Yeah, that's yeah. not a terrible idea. I've got um, a you know Excel spreadsheet made up of them. Yeah, just, and just yeah, slide that PDF in there. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the ADP, and we'll be back sometime. <laughs> We're out. <laughs>